This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. Hey EMM, in an effort to tangibly improve our organization's commitment to equity, diversity, and inclusion, we created the Diversity and Inclusion Award that fourth-year medical students that identify as underrepresented in medicine and are applying to emergency medicine residencies are eligible to apply for. We understand that the cost of applying to residency adds up, and we want to do what we can to ease that financial burden. We are extending three $200 awards to selected individuals following a blinded review of all applications. Applications will be accepted through the end of November, and winners will be announced mid-December. Check out our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.org backslash EDI award for all the details and to access the free application, or click the link in our show notes. So we're going to do orthopedics and talk about dislocations of the lower extremity, okay? So these are things that we see often, but often I think we lack kind of that foresight to say, okay, well, what's really important here? And it's stuff that all of us should really know. So let's start with the largest joint, which is the hip joint. Right? So we often see these in high mechanism injuries, like a car dash that goes into your knee, or in old people who've had hip surgery in the past. So a lot of these we see are people who've had their hip surgery, and then they've bent over the wrong way, and their hip pops out the back, and that's the big mechanism to talk with people after they, they uh, have a hip that becomes dislocated, is you want to be really careful about this, about bending forward at your hip, because that's when oftentimes those dislocations happen. In terms of people who have those surgeries, it's usually within the first three months because they don't have a mature scar, okay? Uh, then otherwise, it's usually high mechanism. So what's the most important thing that happens if someone dislocates their hip? What's kind of the long-term uh, outcome that we really want to prevent? It happening again obviously sucks. But what, what we really worry about is the hip has really crappy blood supply. So anytime you dislocate a hip, that femoral head oftentimes starts getting poor blood supply or no blood supply. So these are somewhat time-sensitive issues. So if you leave a hip out for six hours or old Mima falls on the floor and she has her own hip and it's out for six hours, the chance that that hip is going to die, that hip joint, that femoral head's going to die and she's going to need a full hip replacement in the next two years is really high. So, you know, we want to try to get these in as quickly as possible in terms of getting the sedation ready, getting these hips back in because people do better long term. So let's talk about the knee. So what do you guys know about knee dislocations? And I'm not talking about patellar dislocations, but actual knee dislocations. Yeah, so these are the things that make it on the sports center, right? And that you see the person like blow out their knee all the time. And of all the dislocations of the lower extremity, the knee is the one that should worry you the most. Okay, and, and there's a few reasons for that. The first is it's really tricky. Uh, when you think about most joints, when they come out, they stay out, right? If it's a shoulder, if it's a hip, if it's something else. But in terms of the knee, the knee will often show up and look absolutely normal because it really is just two plates that are kind of held together by ligaments kind of gliding on top of each other. So oftentimes someone will have a significant injury at a football practice or at a mountain bike and they'll come in and at least anatomically you'll get x-rays and that knee will look fine. So what's the big thing, though, that you have to worry about about a knee dislocation? Anyone know? So the ligaments are, you know, obviously the thing that you hear most about because a lot of us with our Colorado lifestyles are going to tear an ACL, et cetera. But the actually big thing you worry about is vascular. So the popliteal artery kind of runs behind the knee, right? So posterior dislocations are worse than anterior. But the thing that's really bad about it is it's tethered above and below the joint to the bone. 
right? So it doesn't really accept, it doesn't really float, it doesn't really accept when that knee kind of goes back and forth really badly. And if you tear your popliteal artery or have an injury to the popliteal artery and you don't identify it within the first six hours that that person has poor blood flow, that person usually has around an 80% chance or more of losing that leg, okay? So that's like a really, really big oh crap. So always be suspicious of knee injuries, especially if a person says, okay, well, it was unstable, I couldn't walk on it, et cetera. It's really on us to get that shoe off and do a really good neurovascular exam, and then to have a high suspicion whenever there's a significant uh, mechanism to get a CTA and look at the popliteal artery, because the ramifications of missing this injury are really significant. So the last thing is, uh, is the one we probably see the most, which is um, ankle dislocations, right? So with ankle dislocations, Again, it's very common. And usually the ankle dislocates and you have fractures associated with it. So bimal, trimalleolar fractures. The big thing with ankle dislocations, that's a long-term complication, is if you have kind of that really gnarly-looking dislocation where the ankle's all the way to the side and it's not an open fracture, you can still have that skin die over it just because of that pressure. Okay. Well, obviously neurovascular exams, but here's the big thing with ankle dislocations that I've changed in my practice over the last three years uh, is I don't think you should be putting any of those patients to sleep. If you've worked with me and we've had one of these, hematoma blocks for these are amazing. It's the easiest reduction in the world, right? You literally just pull on it for a second and the ankle's back in place. This is not a complicated procedure. And usually you can get away with the dose of an opiate, and said Tylenol and just a good hematoma block. And then you can save the rigmarole of getting respiratory down here in the 20, 30 minutes that sucks up with nursing time to actually be in there for a full sedation. So, you know, if it's ever working with me, you can ask, hey, can we get away with a hematoma block? Uh, you can ask the other providers too. I know a lot of us are growing more comfortable with those, but they're very, very good. And, and I have not had to sedate someone for a tri or bimalleolar in the last, I'd say, three years that I've been working. So. Okay, cool. So, ankle dislocations, knee dislocations, and hip dislocations. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Health One Continental Division, and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.